0: if I've got, I don't know, maybe five or 10 minutes and I want a quick release, you know the kind, I know the exact toy that'll do the trick or I know the exact friction and rhythm to deliver with my hands in order to do it too. But if I wanna slow things way down for a totally different experience, When I'm not in a rush, when I can spend some true quality time with myself, there's some very specific accessories that I like to grab. Sometimes I blindfold myself or I dim the lights really low. Sometimes I use a feather up and down my arms while vibey music plays in the background. Sometimes I get as much of my body involved as I possibly can. I run my hands through my hair, down my face, and I let my fingers dance all over the surface of my skin. I put pressure on my inner thighs. I take my sweet time seducing myself before ever touching my genitals, and when I'm properly warmed up and efficiently lubed up, one of my favorite new bedroom accessories to reach for is the Omic from Ioba. I'm not sure what mechanism is in this thing, but the toy has a little nub that rotates at different speeds, so it mimics the sensation of being orally stimulated. It's nice, it's light, and it's quiet sometimes the sounds of my toys can actually take me out of my experience so a softer quieter toy is incredibly appreciated i make sure to take deep breaths as i let the pleasure and sensation build breathing it throughout my body and when the time is just right i pick up the speed of the rotation and i ride a full body wave of ecstasy this is one of many acts of devotion i choose to regularly deliver to myself and it's not about what my partner can or cannot give to me. It's about taking time to be with myself in my pleasure, doing anything and everything that feels good for me. If you're looking for a quiet, high quality, beginner friendly, super cute vibe that doesn't actually vibe too hard, my personal recommendation is the Omic oh from Ioba. See the show notes for details and a discount. I'm Alexa, and you're listening to That Sex Check, a Soulfire production.
1: Howdy, y'all. We have a very special guest today, and it's me, Jordan Marie <laughs> Spoudich. Now, we're doing things a little differently today. I'm going to be interviewing my lady, my fiance, my queen babeski, Alexa, Nicole, soon to be Bowditch, currently Martinez, but soon to be Bowditch. <laughs> and what's unique about this podcast is it's my lady's birthday. Yay. Yay. She's turning 33 years young mm-hmm. and that's the year of the Christ. So we can call her Jesus <laughs> on this episode. I won't do that, except I probably will at least a couple of times. And so, yeah, I'm going to ask her some questions around her 33 years of existence and about birthdays and relationships and how some of that stuff all flows into it. We're going to have some fun. I'm nervous. Why, baby?
0: Because I don't know what you're going to ask. Perfect.
1: And I kind of don't, don't either.
0: <laughs> I hold back. So, you know, uh, you, do. you might put me on the spot and then I panic.
1: Yeah. Yes. Cool. So let's start with. What does, what does birthdays mean to you? What do birthdays mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like what have they historically meant? Um, what does it mean to you now being 33, a Leo, whatever comes up around that.
0: Sure. So it's Leo season and everyone needs to know that it's Leo season and move over crab. (laughs) It's our time.
1: (sighs) Fucking crabs. Nobody likes crabs. No.
0: Some of our best friends are crabs. (laughs) meaning cancers, which is the, the season before Leo. Uh, so for those inquiring minds that want to know, I am a Leo sun. I am a Virgo rising and I am a Taurus moon. I want you to know that.
1: I don't know what any of that means.
0: I just have a lot of earth and air in my situation, Earth, wind and fire. (laughs) I mean, sorry, earth and fire. Ah, those are my ones, a lot of earth and fire. Uh, and I, and I feel that in myself, like I feel very grounded, but I also feel very fiery and feisty at times. And I feel like as I grew up as a little Leo that, um, just like just had such a fire inside of her and, and really just spoke my mind and didn't really care a lot of times what the consequences Mm -hmm. were going to be or the after effects were going to be. Um, I really, resonate with the fact that the Virgo is the sign that's rising and that's a mm-hmm. bit more grounded and methodical and organized. And if I look at my life, then that's really been the trajectory. It's been maturing as the the Leo. So for those of you who follow mm-hmm. astrology, mm-hmm. Um, historically, my birthday has not been my favorite. Uh, growing up, single mom, I... I don't really ever remember having big, elaborate parties or having that much of a deal made of my birthday. Um, there I certainly did have some parties that I remember, you know, skate country and all that, and there was a time when I was in school where I was in school in a parish that I had to hide where I lived, mm. basically because I couldn't live in the parish that I actually lived in and: parish still, is code
1: word for county. By no, the way. it's
0: not code word for county, it's yes, a parish. It Sort of New Orleans County. Don't hurt yourself. <laughs> so, you know, I lived in Gretna, but I went to school in Belchase. And so I couldn't disclose that I lived in Gretna because you had to go, you had to live in Belchase in order to go to that school. So I couldn't have friends over. It was tricky for me to go over to people's houses. And just the general friends was a challenge for a decent amount of my life. And I was also odd And awkward. And I had never changed. I had a decent little ugly duckling face that lasted all the way until junior year of high school.
1: Then she got hot.
0: I mean, by society (laughs) standards, you know, and then I had to figure out, you know, that's a question that a lot of, I could pose to a lot of women where I say, when, when did you realize you were attractive? because I think a lot of women will have a different, they'll have it like maybe even a specific moment where shit was like, oh, I'm getting attention and I don't even know what to do with it. And some people carry that, you know, they kind of have that golden aura that Uh, like touched by the golden hand or whatever that phrase (laughs) is. I would say you are that way, attractive from the onset. And my experience was not like that. And so it was just different. Um, But really what I want to share about birthdays is, you know, my mom and my biological father split when I was three. And I don't know if he sent a card or something, maybe once or twice. And it only took him maybe once or twice where I understood that I got something on my birthday. And then every year, and I almost get emotional every time I tell this story, every year when it was my birthday, I didn't really care about anything else. I just wanted a message from my father saying that he knew I existed that he, that he cared and that he wanted me to know that he cared. And I would check the mail for days leading up to my birthday. And then I would check it for days after. And that is something that really has stuck with me. So when my birthday comes around, that is probably the most present feeling. And even as, you know, I'm I'm 33 today, I mean, we're recording this a couple of days before my birthday, but it, this is coming out on the day of my birthday. Um, I have gone on a path, like I've gone on a journey and you know, it's something that I've committed to myself that I will heal that part of myself and that longing and the forgiveness and all of that. And I've really, I've really been leaning into it this past year and it's been fucking hard because I've... Once I got past the, I just want my father to pay attention to me. I just want to know that he cares. I just want to know that he remembers the day that I was fucking born. Once I got past the sadness of wanting and longing, I got fucking mad. So then I'd get mad. I'd get mad at the whole situation. I'd be mad at my birthday and I'd be mad at him and I'd be mad at the whole thing. And so I have this really mixed set of feelings when my birthday comes around because that stuff still feels so fresh even though it was like a 7 year old kid you know and and i'm on this path and i'm on this journey of healing this area of my life and i'm making progress and just in telling the story i realize like there's still so much hurt there and i know i'm not alone yeah. i've cried all over the place
1: i fucking love you If y'all could see this woman right now, just her raw beauty is quite spectacular.
0: Thanks. I've had some of my most special birthdays since you and I have been together. Oh, let's talk about that. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, outside of you surprising me, well, you tried to surprise me with Lollapalooza tickets a couple years ago.
1: Ah, that's right.
0: And we were traveling, we were in Chicago or something. I can't remember. My family was in town. And in town in Austin. And I got this notification like maybe a week or two before my birthday. And I knew that we were going to be traveling, but I didn't know we were going to Chicago. Yeah. You didn't tell me that. I remember opening my email and it said, you've been confirmed at this spa. And I was like, stupid. Yeah. (laughs) I opened it and I was like, Oh cool. Jordan must be doing something for my birthday. You know, that, that he just, he planned something for my birthday. And I went, this, this spa doesn't, look familiar. And so I just Googled the spa and it said Chicago. And I immediately went, we're going to Lollapalooza. Like as soon as I saw Chicago, I was like Lollapalooza. Cause Lollapalooza is usually around my birthday yeah, every year. And, um, and
1: that's a music festival in Chicago, just to be clear.
0: Yeah. And that was so, such a special trip because yeah. we ran around a festival, which we love, love festivals, um, for my birthday and got to see I didn't really care about Rufus Soul, but I did care about Closey and I did mm-hmm. care about the chain smokers. I don't particularly care about chain smokers on the radio mm-hmm. or their playlists or anything like that on but Spotify, but good. live yeah. is fuck me, melt my face off. Holy shit. I could die right here and mm-hmm. be happy about it. So, <laughs> um, so that was, that was really incredible.
1: And we had a threesome that weekend.
0: <laughs> yeah. And we did. And we talked about it on we the, did. on, on a recent show.
1: Uh-huh.
0: I did. So that was a really notable one. And it Mm -hmm. felt really good to have distraction on my birthday and for someone to go, you mean so much to me that I want to take you on this adventure. Yeah. And that was awesome. Mm -hmm. So only other like really standout other than skate country standout birthday um, that I had was a double overnight when I was working on cruise ships Mm -hmm. in St. Petersburg in Russia. Mm -hmm. And I had a really good friend who worked on ships named Naomi. She was on one ship and I was on another ship, and our double overnights coincided. And so we both got off of our ships in St. Petersburg and had an Airbnb overnight. And we, that was at a time when I drank a lot. No thank you now. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd rather have other substances in my system that I bounce back from much better (laughs) than alcohol. But we got absolutely wasted and we ran around in St. Petersburg and hammer drunk. It was just awesome. Um, So, That one stands out too, but other than that, they've all been with you, babe. Best (laughs) birthdays.
1: (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) Cool. Well, I have a fun little list of questions that don't necessarily have to do directly with your birthday, but it's more in your 33 years of life, some things that you've realized, some birthday wisdom, if you will. Um, And yeah, I'm just going to go through some of these that feel fun to ask. If you could rewrite a past relationship experience, what experience would that be? And what would you rewrite it to look like? This can be your present relationship or previous. Well, the present one's perfect, so you don't need to really say much about that. Right, mm-hmm. right. And you can pass on any of these questions as I go through too. If they're just like, eh, it not feel fun.
0: Okay. Um, yeah. So in my 33 years, there is one relationship well, it's hard to to pick out the <clears> one um, because of the the high school sweetheart one that I was mm-hmm. with from from the end of high school all the way to the end of college, I wouldn't do any of it differently because that's where I was. I was a kid, yeah, trying to be an adult. and so that one was heartbreaking because it was the first real one, yeah, and so I mean, there's something sweet and tender about that, mm-hmm. and so I wouldn't change that one now, the one that i I would say I have all. That really spurred so much of my personal development, sexual development, and why I even have a brand and a business that has to do with sex, love, and relationships. That relationship, which I say with a little bit of charge, <laughs> that motherfucker. No, um, and I say it every now and then. Like, there's there's definitely a little bit of healing that still gets to happen about that one. I rolled over essentially and let so much shit happen that fucked with me but it fucked with me in ways that I would heal and grow and then turn into a really awesome person because of, so it's like, I don't really want to change it, Mm. but I could have left a little sooner. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: That's a common one for a lot of people.
0: Like I, like some of that shit I was, it was already raw and real. I just had to learn it over and over again, let it happen over and over again. So Mm. that one,
1: that's a great little nugget of wisdom do it sooner. Yeah. Like, and that applies to so many areas of life. When you know a thing and you know, the decision that you want to make, that's most aligned. It's like, ah, if I can just do that a little more quickly, be more decisive, uh, that serves me really well. So I can relate both in the context of relationships and otherwise. Next question.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Leave what? Sooner. Just leave sooner. leave sooner. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all, you know, you know.
1: When you know you know, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Do you want to, you did a little thing. Is there somewhere you want to go with this?
0: Well, you know, the the list that you have yep. was put together by Bryn and Serena <laughs> and of course you were putting your own little spin on there uh-huh. and some of them have to do with the last 32 years, 33 mm-hmm. years of life and some of them are a little bit more vague. Mm-hmm. So You choose. We're not going to be able to get through them all. Sure.
1: Okay. I'll just bounce around. Good. What is one thing surrounding sex that you don't want your listeners to know about you? (laughs) Yeah.
0: It looks like you're reading these for the first time.
1: Well, I just, I saw sex and I was like, let's go there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) A thing about,
1: you know, the the sentence that I don't don't right something you don't want. Something I don't want you to know about me is in the realm of sex and it's a little bit vulnerable.
0: Well, it's hard because I am so open about these sure. vulnerable pieces because I would say that I am equally as challenged by so many people that I that I help. Yeah. You know, but I'm I'm open about that. I'm open about the fact that this is my journey and I I sit there and I have these moments, you know, every couple of weeks or so where I will catch myself in a pattern, or I'll catch myself in a loop and I'll be trying to self righteously validate my actions and my this and my that and project it onto you and I'll sit there and I'll go, I'll go, you're fucking cute, Alexa. (laughs) You know, (laughs) stop this. Yeah. So I am just as challenged by some of this. And I, you know what, I think the one of the biggest things that I am challenged by, even though I am so comfortable in my body, I'm so confident and I'm Mm. I'm so um, yeah, I, I like myself, mm-hmm. myself, my like, inner person, we have a relationship, you know, the mm-hmm. one in my head and all of that. My physical body is a challenge at times. Yeah. So it's just not the idea in my head where I could be physically and my actuality, my reality. Sometimes I battle with that. And I put so much effort into doing the quote unquote right thing and treating my, my body as a a temple, so to speak. And I started lifting weights several months ago and I'm tracking my macros and my food to make sure that I'm, I'm really treating my body well. And when I keep that as the focus, I'm good. But when I want my physique, my physique to change, then that's when I get over, not overwhelmed or I just can get down on myself.
1: Yeah. Well, let me just affirm you, baby. Dadass, ass don't quit. It has never quit since mm-hmm. I've known you. It's working overtime. It's putting in work. <laughs> she got junk in the trunk and it's only gotten better since you've been doing oh, the working I'm just out trying stuff. To
0: lift it. <laughs> <A little.
1: laughs> just tighten it up. <laughs> mm. Okay, moving along. This is the counterpart to that one. What is one thing surrounding sex that you do want your listeners to know about you? Something they, yeah, you are very proud of.
0: Yeah. Um it's interesting the first thing that comes up is that I'm really comfortable having STI conversations.
1: Yep. We had one of those before we ever even met and that was fun comfortable for me.
0: Yeah. I'm proud of that. And impressed with myself that you know, I get with my I get with my girlfriends and we talk about sex a lot and we talk about our past and we talk about just relationships that we've had. And it's really interesting because when we were younger, I think a lot of us got the message of have sex, like if you're going to have sex and have sex with as little amount of people as you possibly can, because every time you, you, you know, put a notch, then you're less valuable, Mm -hmm. less worthy. You're dirty, so to speak. And so some of my friends are, they've had sex with, they can count on one hand, some barely two hands. And I'm like, I don't even know. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. Same. Like I've, yeah, I don't know. So mm-hmm. I was, I was over two hands in high school. Yeah. By the end of high school, mm-hmm. something like that. And so just this idea of the amount um the the like total number of people that we've been with determines the value mm-hmm. and dateability, even yeah so let's see where is I going with this
1: well, in relation to s t i s yeah yeah, a thread there
0: yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna loop that back around, but the conversations I have with my girlfriends are now that they are married or engaged or their life is going in this particular direction while they prided themselves on so few partners, now that they're getting a little bit older and life is changing, they wish that they would have been the wild child. They realize how little that actually mattered. And, you know, having many partners means that there's a a much greater risk for STIs. And so for me, there was um, at a time, I remember the first time I dealt with abnormal PAPs Uh, having an abnormal pap was like at like 19 or 20 years old and then had to deal with that, which more often than not, that is linked to HPV Mm -hmm. and then started having normal pap's again. And then, you know, on ships, I had a, a partner reach out to me and say, and we had to get STD, STI checked so that we could work on ships. And then I had a person on that I was sexually active with that shared with me that they had tested positive for chlamydia. And in that process, which That didn't mean I had it. They just were saying that they had on their next medical. It could have happened after me, Mm -hmm. but that caused so much turmoil in my body and in my head. And then he was just like, just go get the antibiotics just to be safe. And the way that he was so nonchalant about it, I was so pissed at first. (sighs) And then how nonchalant the medical department was on this ship. They were like, oh yeah, here have these azithromycin, have a great life. And then I just I some things clicked for me. And then I realized, oh, this is not a big of a deal as I thought. Yeah. That I've been made to believe all my life that multiple partners equaled dirty equals S C D, you're infected, or you're this or you're that and all of this shit. And so as I've gotten, as I've moved through my own sexual development journey and have been, you know, put into this educator position and worked with clients and have community and all that. That's the thing that I am, one of the things that I am really proud of is how neutral I've become around the normalcy of STIs. And also the vast majority you can pop a pill or two and they're gone. And that doesn't mean be reckless. It's just don't shame yourself into the grave basically because maybe you get a positive uh, gonorrhea or chlamydia or even um, an HSV, herpes. Mm -hmm. I've helped so many people. Just like find peace in themselves and date confidently again after yeah. an HSV result. So if you want to share on that, you're more than welcome to.
1: Well, I'll just more than anything validate you in that. I've seen you and have had personal conversations with you around this. And the way you navigate it was such grace and such, yeah, the nonchalance, but sincerity, not like a bypassing nonchalance. And I've never seen that actually. And it was very healing for me, having a bit of a similar background to you. And I think that is a superpower and a skill that you've developed that is so valuable, that is so comforting to a lot of people. And I've I've seen that and experienced that. And yeah, it's very special.
0: Yeah. And I I look at our relationship. Thank you. And I look Mm -hmm. at our relationship and we are two motherfucking catches (laughs) and we are with each other. You are so hot and so kind. And so everything that I could ever want in a, in a partner and a future husband and a father. Fuck. It just took me to cry one time. And now y'all know, (laughs) right? Like when the faucet's on, it's so easy. Uh You are so good. And I am aware of what I bring to the table too. And the amount of sexual partners that we have had doesn't, it doesn't affect this. You know what I mean? The quality of our character yeah. and our relationship. So I get asked that in the ask me any things every now and then, like, did you and Jordan talk about how many partners you had? And like, kind of, sort of, it mm. didn't really matter to us mm. because that to me didn't, didn't determine, like, it's good to know in yeah. a you know, to a degree it's good to know because of mm. how you operated with those people. And maybe there's some habits or blind spots or yeah. some shadow or whatever. That didn't stop me from thinking how of how good and pure and mm. amazing you are, thank you
1: back at you and I'll just say a, a couple of last quick things to that there's a book called radical honesty it's for me a personal development one oh one kind of book, so good I would highly recommend it on recommend it on audible it's hilarious, but one of the practices in that book that he recommends is with a romantic partner to have the past sexual partners conversation and to go into as much detail as you can recall with every single partner. <laughs> and like each person has that opportunity. So I would share with you every partner I've had and as much as I can recall the experience. And he says, take as much time as is needed for that. So be several hours for each of us. It might be days.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. It could be weeks. Where like, oh, I forgot one.
1: Oh, exactly. Yeah. That's like, how it oh be shit. Yeah. That happened. And i don 't necessarily agree with that or all of the things that he recommends in this book, but I think there's a lot of wisdom there in where it 's this thing that we maybe avoid as a culture and a society it 's taboo it's vulnerable, all those kinds of things. but in those spaces there's a lot of connection and healing and a destigmatizing of those kinds of things and yeah, that 's not something that we have done, and I don 't think it's necessary for us, no. but we've had the conversation around the number and like those kinds of things, and admittedly for me. It was challenging on both ends of it. It was challenging for me feeling shame because I have some past experiences where I felt like because I had had this many partners, um, in in the more serious relationships, that was a problem or that was a source of conflict. Um, and then on the other side of it, from you feeling, oh, she's had all these sexual experiences, am I good enough? You know, and so some insecurity around that. And awesome. That's great to, to feel those things, to be aware of them and get to experience them with you and yeah, heal them. Cause I think that's important.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we joke around a little bit about our future child. <laughs> we think we're going to have more than one, but we're only just, we've kind of, we've, we've named the one in the not too distant future. And, um, I don't know, should I say it?
1: Gabriel Vincent Bowditch.
0: Yeah, so that's the name that we have chosen for... I just keep getting these messages that I'll have a little boy. So um, I remember saying his name for the first time and Bryn going, ugh, Gabriel Vincent fucks. He
1: does, he fucks. (laughs) he's going to be a heartbreaker slash maker.
0: Yeah. Well, my thing is, I just think about a future child of mine, a future male child of mine, even, and, and interacting in sexual experiences. And I just want anyone who interacts with him to just get the best lay. Totally. Like he treats them so well and so sweet and not out of manipulation or anything like yeah. that, but because he cares yeah. and understands there's a gravity here of, yeah. of a situation. And like, I want to create the little guy that I I say little guy like he's a child, you know, but I want to create a young man, the young man that I wish that I got to interact with. Yeah. Like has so much information and has the fucking codes. Yeah. So I think our past experiences are going to make some really amazing sex positive, educated, safe, considerate future partners
1: hallelujah and
0: that's really important to me
1: praise god
0: stop <laughs>
1: <laughs> i agree i think that's beautiful and yes 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 all right next question mm-hmm. okay what is the best advice you've been given surrounding love
0: over the last year
1: sure yeah i feel like that's that's good last year
0: i mean In this past year, we started working with Annie Lala.
1: Yeah, I figured her. And so there's so
0: much that's come out of those calls with her. And, you know, uh, an entire hour long conversation with our relationship coach. Her name's Annie Lala. Uh, I'm not sitting there feverishly taking notes. Like the whole thing is going to be super impactful. I'm looking for the one thing.
1: Yeah. And there's always one just golden nugget.
0: Yeah. And really we talked about it on, um, and this, the, the episode with your aunt and uncle is going to come out after this, Yeah, but we talked about, so for y'all who are listening, we have a future episode coming out that's with Jordan's auntie Lisa and uncle Gary, and they were very much parental figures in his life. And we touch on this the relationships work the best when you're operating as a team. And so in the moments of conflict to realize we have the same goal and that's Mm -hmm. to move our relationship forward in love, in connection. And so some of the best relationship advice I'd say I've been given, especially in the last year, working with Annie Lala is is that backpack analogy. We both have our own backpacks to carry our shit, our life, our decisions or everything. And I will carry my backpack until I can't anymore and you vow to take it from me and give me a break every now and then and, and, and vice versa, I'll take them too for as long as I possibly can to give you a break every now and then. And then when it's time, we both resume and we both have our backpacks, but we are a team and the quickest we can come back to a place of love is, is the best. Yep. So something that I've learned over this last year specifically is to pay attention when I need more space and to pay attention when I'm dysregulated and to do whatever I can. Like I'm responsible for my emotional state. I am responsible for my flooded nervous system and like not responsible for making it flooded, but for managing how I react to it. Uh Those are all really stand out, especially from the last year. That's great. I love it.
1: Okay. There's some good ones on here now that I'm seeing. We'll just go straight here. Best sex of 32. With age 32 this past year, best sex.
0: Uh let's talk about when we did the um <clears throat> well, we had a really awesome experience when we did some DS play at uh at a hotel. Yep. And then like the next week we did something similar again. You know, when we, when we traded the hotel room with our friends.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah.
0: That one, there that was one. just something about the way that we were interacting with each other. That was so hot. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was going like, that was the best fuck. It was the best time we fucked.
1: <laughs> uh huh.
0: So the story goes, we have friends who have a one-year-old and they do a date night in the city and they basically live in the city, but they do a date night where it starts at four and it ends at like seven or eight with them going to dinner because they have to go back home and, mm-hmm. you know, relieve the babysitter. So mm-hmm. the babysitter shows up about four, their date night begins. They rent a hotel room, but they don't stay in it overnight. They yeah, literally there go there, create a, a scene, have sex, love on each other, leave, go to dinner and then go back home mm-hmm. for bed. <laughs> so to us, kidless right now mm-hmm. for them leaving at seven, it's like a night when a night starts for us. Let's go. So the most recent time that they did this, we traded keys. Basically, we like passed off. They went there from like it four. It was very
1: sexy, fun and playful. It was
0: so cute. Yeah. So they went in there first and we had a drink and like a little light appetizer. in, Down the, in the lobby. In the lobby mm-hmm. in the, at the bar the bar area. And then our names were also on the reservation. Mm-hmm. And so we went and checked in and got keys after they left. And we went up there and it was all like, they put everything all back nice. And mm-hmm.
1: the candles were still lit. The yeah. Yeah. Teacup candles. Teacup. <laughs> which that was dangerous. isn't
0: it? Tea lights.
1: You're a tea light.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that works. Uh-huh. So yeah, we went up there and we had, you know, just a bag of toys and things. And, um, I think we had a little oxytocin, ketamine nasal spray. Yes. If we want to go there too, we had that in the bag. And so we just had a really great time. And I, you know what I think earlier that day, we had a shitty earlier day.
1: We kind of, right. That, we think, had a yeah. crunchy
0: day where, where we had, we realized we hadn't had sex in a number of days. We were feeling a lot of pressure. Yeah. And then we had sex in the co working shower bathroom. Ah, that's right. Do you remember that? I do. Cause sometimes I think like a quick fuck just needs to get out because yeah. there's tension. Mm-hmm. And then when that one's done, then we can go back to a place of, I love you and I choose you. And then we were able to have sex even later mm-hmm. the same day. Those was all in the same day. Right. Maybe. I think so. I think it was. Yeah. And it was awesome.
1: Yeah. It was we great. Had the
0: music was going and we were really in our bodies and mm-hmm. that to me was the best sex. Like the way that yeah. you were vibing with me and touching mm-hmm. me and yeah, it was great.
1: Yeah, the whole novelty of the situation or that being one of the strong elements. And like when our friends were done and they came down to the lobby and we said hi and there was just a giggly energy in the air and then we traded places and knowing they had been in the room before us and feeling their energy there and then us being dressed up and having some toys and taking our time, the whole thing was, yeah, that was One of the top ones for me, maybe the top one. There's another one I'm thinking of, but uh, the one one at our house the week of the play party that was like a bioenergetic exorcism of sorts for you. Remember when, yeah, yeah. yeah, that one for me was maybe the best.
0: Because you got to see you. me in, in a different state. In a different with state. pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or pleasure, sensation. Yeah. Yes. It's pleasurable, but it's also borderline a little bit painful and uncomfortable, but yeah. definitely exalting. It's definitely an altered state when you get to like past three <laughs> orgasms and everything is so sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was that time.
1: I have gone fully from six to midnight over here.
0: Me just you talking know that about. I'm
1: cock solid. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> I will that not
0: is creepy ever. don't say that in their ear holes uh, it's maybe
1: a little bit yeah. okay let's see next question oh, that's a fun you make one. a
0: sound in between each question next Do one I? ah yeah <laughs> like a
1: game show or some shit sure what is the worst date you've ever had
0: ever in my whole life
1: whatever first one that comes up hmm notably shitty date <laughs> awkward i don't
0: know, I don't know. I've, I've gone on a number of dates when i was on ships and that's always kind of weird because we like live on yeah. the same vessel
1: mm-hmm.
0: i'm gonna see you again
1: <laughs> yep
0: you know mm-hmm. so i've got maybe a couple there but there is one i didn't do a lot of swiping mm-hmm. i'm to to I don't know if you did a lot of swiping, but I feel like I am one of those people that just kind of rolls into the next thing yeah. in the next relationship, whether it's long-term ter- or short-lived or someone I'm kind of fucking around with for a little while.
1: I had a season of swiping. It didn't last that long. I became very aware. It's right when I was managing my relationship with porn and I recognized that there was that compulsive behavior, the mm-hmm. swiping, the dopamine hit and the conversations. And I realized it was draining my energy. So. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't know. There's something, there's something about me. And I don't know if it's like my mom was m- married or it has been married five times. I always saw men kind of one's going out while one's coming in and we're just moving along, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so cause even between her husband's, there was guys she was dating Yeah, living her life. So I don't know if it's because of that or if it's just who I am, but sure I'm unique and I'm whatever. <laughs> Like, I'm, I don't feel like I'm anything really that special compared to any other human. You know what I mean? So like whenever I come in contact with someone who's like, I just have such a hard time dating. I'm like, fuck, I just, I had to specifically say I'm not dating. So I could have a break yeah. if I wanted to, because it was very easy for me. Like to me, love's easy. Mm-hmm. It is the challenging shit. Mm-hmm. That is the hard, of course, that's the hardest, but like being in love and find in the like getting to a place of like, like we're built for that. Yeah. The hard part is how to return to love and stay, stay in love and go back to love when difficult things come up and all of a sudden I hate you, <laughs> you know, like I don't even want to be around you. So, um, I did swipe a little bit and I went on a date and it was just very strange. It was in between contracts and this guy had, has, I mean, I'm sure he still has his kid but it was very weird. Like I went out to the sushi restaurant and he came back to my place and I was like at my mom's and I can't remember where my mom and my stepdad were at the time. And he like came back and he was just being very weird. Like he was super nervous for any kind of sexual advance because his son was however, was like maybe one or two and it was an accident. And so he had like trauma around. And so he like was into me, but he was kind of freaking out a little bit. And I was like, I never want to see you again, Aww. but it was weird. Cause I kept entertaining it. I was like, yeah, come back. We'll like have a conversation. We'll keep going. And, uh, it was just weird. Yeah. Yeah. And I was still kind of grappling with, okay, well I guess I'm getting to the age where the people that I will date will have children. And so I just need to accept that. Mm. No, 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 <laughs> no, that's just not the life that I wanted to live. And so fast forward from that is really when my personal development journey and I got to get clear on my boundaries and what I actually wanted. It's kind of weird. Cause I was, I knew it wasn't what I wanted while it was in front of my face, but I still was like, let's see. I don't let's see anymore. <laughs> no, I listened uh-huh. to myself, uh-huh. which took years of cultivating
1: mm-hmm. yeah. and
0: trust. Mm-hmm. So anyway,
1: I'll, I'll quickly share mine that came to mind. Okay. I went on a grouper date. I've shared this with you. Oh yeah. So grouper, I don't know if it's still around, but it was an app that was blind group dates and so it, and blind, right? So you didn't see the people. You just so me and a couple of buddies from San Diego, a couple of my college friends, went on a grouper date and none of us were attracted to it was three and three. None of us were attracted to them. And so for me, that was not a big deal. It's like, okay, cool. So it's not going to go beyond this little experience. Let's just have fun and be normal humans here. But my two buddies I was with, and they're younger and they're I perceive them to be very immature in the experience in a way that yeah, felt a little bordered unkind. It's, and it was just again immature. And it was awkward because I was playing this middleman where I was still trying to enjoy myself and show these three chicas a good time. I've never used that word, chicas. I don't know why I said that in this moment. <laughs> these three <laughs> young ladies still wanted to like have a good experience where they left feeling, yeah, like loved, so to speak, and they had a fun time. And uh, maybe that kind of happened, and maybe it didn't, and that's why it was awkward. Cool. Well, we're coming up toward the end. Is there any question I have not asked you that you would like me to ask you?
0: I think maybe things that I would like to leave behind and things that I'd like to take with me.
1: Well, let me officially ask you the question then. Sure. Lady Alexa, soon to be Bowditch, what would you like to leave behind from these past 32 years? And then what would you like to take forward into the next million years that you live with me by my side? (laughs) (laughs) Our eternal contract. (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and I saw some of the some of the questions and pieces and parts to them, and I I wanted to I didn't think too much about what my answer would be so that I would give an authentic girl answer on on the show and on the recording. And the first thing that just came up is the and I talk about this too, and I'm still, it's of course a lesson that I get to learn over and over and over again. I am holding back resentment to a few people in my life, that once I share it, I will be set free. Mm. And I don't know why it's so hard sometimes yeah. for me to just say it, because it will set them free in a lot of ways too. Yeah. And so something that I want to leave behind is waiting and just waiting and waiting. Like there are, and this is something that's going to make me emotional too, My family is very supportive in a lot of ways. And when I first came out as being, you know, somebody who wanted to create a, a life, a brand, a business, everything that had to do with sex and relationships and helping people, it was a very hard pill for them to swallow because they just didn't fucking understand. They didn't know. And this was something that was about five years ago. And... Because they didn't know, and because it brought up stuff for them, and because I did it in the way that I did it, which didn't have a lot of grace or a lot of tact or maybe even a lot of discernment, I didn't necessarily care what they were going to have to say. I didn't want to be held back anymore. And so I was just, I just immediately started being public and then dealt with the aftermath. And that caused a rift in some relationships with my family. And we haven't sat down and specifically talked about it. And it's been almost five years. The only person that I sit down and have these conversations with is my mom. And that's because she doesn't want the distance between her and I. And um, that has really festered for some of the relationships in my life with people who are for the vast majority of my life. They have been my favorite people in my whole life, the most supportive people in my whole life. And today I barely recognize our relationship and has it been worth it? I mean, when I get these constant messages from people that listen to the show and follow us on Instagram or participate in our community and our events and all of that, I am so overwhelmed with gratitude. And then right behind it is the cost, the price that I've had to pay basically for that is I have all of these amazing kind of surface level, but slightly deep relationships with a bunch of strangers who I'm so in love with. And this very real sad weirdness that I've got with some other people and the seeds that have been planted for some of the young people in my life, that they should be afraid of me, that they can't trust me, that I am, you know, an unsafe slut basically. And not only am I an unsafe slut, but I do drugs. You know, when our life, we're so open on this show and there's These people that matter the very fucking most to me have never even listened to this. They don't even follow me on Instagram where I share from my heart so much. And that hurts because I feel like if they gave a shit and if they would just take a little bit of time out of their life to even look at what I do, then we wouldn't have this relationship that way. And I don't want to take that moving forward because they're doing the best that they can with what they have and how they know how to be and exist in relationship with me. And in a lot of ways, I'm the one that I'm the one that's got to make a move Mm -hmm. because I'm the one that knows how. And sometimes that's hard, especially as the baby in a family that I have to be the one that that tries to repair the things. And it's fucking hard and it's real. And it's something that for so many of my, even my students that are stepping into this and whatever place they are in life where I'm like, Hey, it may look like on the outside that I've got all this shit together. And my mom's been on my podcast and I, we have Jordan's family on the show and we're just this big old happy, whatever. There's so much more that's going on behind the surface. And, um, and it's just real and all of it's worth it. So the thing I want to leave behind is waiting and not communicating. And I fucking teach communication, what I want to bring with me is closing loops, expressing resentments and doing the nitty gritty work as soon as it's available to do so that I can actually be in love with the people that I care about the most.
1: Yeah, I so feel that that kind of touches on the decisiveness we were talking about a little bit earlier is when you feel an open loop, instead of letting it stay open for a long time, close it, go there. And the more that I can do that and be committed to that process on a consistent basis, the more fun, interesting, rewarding, connected life is. And then there's, but there's times too where I'm like, fuck, why do I always got to be doing processing or closing loops? Like you said, why is the responsibility on me? And that's, to me, that's the life I've chosen. You've chosen, we've chosen. It's the righteous path of sorts. I want you all to know that my first real experience of Alexa from afar on a Facebook live was her in a state similar to what I've experienced on this podcast where she's so cool, calm, collected, expressing herself very vulnerably, authentically with tears streaming down her face. And it's some of the most powerful experiences I've ever had of the feminine. And I love you.
0: I love you I'm so you glad too. you were born. Thank you.
1: Thank you for being born.
0: You're welcome.
1: For being my queen babeski.
0: I think. Are you I'm going to fuck you after this. Stop I think. it. I will not. Stop saying these things. <laughs> I'm like crying. Uh am a little snotty.
1: Her tears get me very horny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're so ridiculous.
1: It's not not true.
0: So was that the last question or do you have maybe more? There's one other questions. More? Um, what do you think? I think this
1: is a good place to end. Yeah, Partially because I have a call after this too.
0: Oh, very true. Mm-hmm. So then my last question, then for yourself, you, uh, which we're in Nashville right now recording yes. this and there is an emergency. Yep.
1: So if you yeah, can I hear guess. the sirens. We're on just... Broad Street or Broadway, Broadway in the thick of it, downtown Nashville, you know, cool Airbnb, but yeah, there's lots, of sounds, lots activity of sounds around us.
0: Yeah. So what is your wish for me? If you could give me a birthday wish, moving into my 33rd year my 30 technically that's my 34th year moving into my 34th year right yep uh what is your birthday wish for me
1: Mm, there's a few that come up let me just see which one feels like the most true yeah yeah the first one that came up and the one that feels most true is continuing to address heal cultivate the relationship with your biological father and to yeah, take keep taking the courageous, inspired action to do what needs to be done there, what wants to be done, and you took an amazing step in that direction uh, earlier this year a couple months ago, and I'm seeing the fruits of that labor and the implications it certainly has for you as an individual and for me as your masculine partner and our future children. It's just, it's a gift that keeps on giving. And really this whole year, you've been taking steps in that direction. And it started with, I guess, maybe a couple of years ago, you making that declaration that this was important and that you had to do it. And so just following that thread, I think is important. And I'm excited for you to do that.
0: Yeah. I think we both agree that the more that I show up for that, cause I definitely dance around it. It's yeah. a one step forward. 24 and a half steps back, three steps forward, two steps forward, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and I dance around it and, and I'm, I'm definitely working on it. Cause I, I think we we both know that when I go there, it's going to have a potentially major effect on our relationship and how I interact with you. Yeah. Because a lot of times in, in, throughout my life, it's been a, I don't need you. I I and I never needed you. Yeah. And I am fine without you.
1: And how does that translate? Right. You don't need me. Right. That's exactly. it. your partner. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. So, and I think other than that, my birthday wish that I have for myself is to really lean into my health.
1: Ah, yeah.
0: You know, just starting to work with a functional medicine doctor, starting the process of, you know, if I won't do it for myself, then I'll do it for future child Mm -hmm. and for you because me not feeling great being bloated being uncomfortable all of these things that that are recurring for me and food being a challenge for me um that affects you yeah and when you shared with me like i need you to do this Mm -hmm. i need you to figure this out because it's going to make us better um that really hit for me. Yeah. And so if I won't do it necessarily for myself, then I'll do it for you and I'll do it for Gabriel Vincent,
1: Ah, our unborn child.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who's coming sometime in 2022. Ah,
1: 2022. 20, well,
0: conception. <laughs> don't panic. Everyone don't panic. Yeah. Thank you for doing this with me. I had no idea that it was going to be such a heartfelt and tear filled mm-hmm. share an episode, but you know, this is an opportunity for us to, for you and I to connect and also to, for me to share even more with my audience. What's real So
1: This is great. Thank you for showing up per usual baby.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Guest. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm the guest. I'm like, no, I'm the guest. <laughs> All right. Y'all happy birthday to me. Uh-huh. Go do something <laughs> in my honor. Go celebrate.
1: Yes, yourself.
0: (laughs) As the Leo in me says, go celebrate me for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Bye (laughs) y'all. And thank you all of you for being in my life. Mm. You add so much value and you just changed my life in so many ways. Mm. And so thank you so much for listening, for being here, for being a part of my community. And if I could ask of you one birthday thing, it would be to leave a review on the show. Mm -hmm. That's all I want from y'all is just write a couple (laughs) sentences, hit the five-star button. That just makes my life. And it looks really good. So whenever I strike deals in other areas to bring you incredible affiliations and content and all of that, that's something that partnerships and um, brands and things look at. So you could just five stars, leave a sentence or two. I'd so appreciate it. I love y'all. Goodbye, my love. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.